The following program is paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4. Every weekday, News Radio 1240 KQEN brings you local information at 4 o'clock. Now, True Wealth, presented by Little John Financial Services. Here are David Little John and Katie Shook with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. Hey! I'm super stoked because we are socially distanced, but in studio! Are we technically six feet apart? Yes. It's got to be pretty close. No, I can't. No, I mean, like, pretty close to six feet apart. Yeah, like, no, we're six feet. We okay. got this. No, totally legit, totally legal. <laughs> we're there. We're there. So, you know, observing all the... Achoo, right? Shut uh, it. I actually... <laughs> so, on that line, I got a great story really quick. I walked in to a well-child visit, took my kid to go get a checkup, and as I'm walking in, literally choked on my own spit. Like, because, you Gross. know, walking in too okay. But... Like choke, and so I started choking, and everybody looked at me, and I was like, "No, no, no, I'm okay. I'm not sick. I just can't swallow." <laughs> it was like such a good blonde moment, but I mean, literally, like walked right through the door into the doctor's office and started choking and coughing. Cause... Well played, and that, ladies and gentlemen, <sighs> is how you introduce the True Wealth Radio Show <laughs> for today, Tuesday, April twenty first. Right, which we also oh. just effectively ruined the evergreen nature of this particular program by announcing the date. So I guess this won't make the best of? Maybe. We'll see. We're going to crush it anyway. Guys, we are super stoked to be here. Actually, back in uh, studio. It feels, uh, you know, it's so much easier to do the broadcast when you are in the same room and you, there are visual cues to radio, believe yes. it or not. Yes. All right. So uh, our engineers are not in the studio with this, but Katie and I get to sit in the same room. And so I can, you know, like wad up a, a thing of paper and throw it at her. Or make or faces at I me. I can hit our bell, <laughs> you know, like I can, I can do these things. You don't throw things at me. I Although don't. David is a prankster. He has pranked me a few times. Yes. But, you know, but it's in love. So I laughed. It's okay. So here we are doing the thing and uh, we're the, uh, random things to talk about today. One of them. Hey, Katie. Yes. Did David. you hear about oil? Did I? Well, you just told me. I know, right? <laughs> this is gang. If you are not paying attention right now, oil. Now, the way oil is traded is kind of like farm crops, right? This is, let me just give you a little story so that it makes sense, okay? Uh, if you are a farmer and you're planting whatever your crop may be, but around here, let's say it's alfalfa, you can pre-sell your crop. Right. And that's essentially what a futures contract is. Somebody that wants to pre-buy the crop from you, you can negotiate the price and the amount in advance. So... Uh, what happens then is you have a contract for the value of your field of alfalfa or for a certain amount that you're going to sell. It's right? usually for a certain amount right. and so it's if usually it's, for a certain dollar price. Well, it is It's it, because it's predetermined. So right. that becomes the set price. Now you, as the person that set up the option with the farmer, have this future value that will mature at the stated time. Right. And when you do that, you're anticipating, you know, if the if it's a really rough crop year, and there's very little alfalfa. Maybe the price is very high. You've pre-negotiated the price, and you win as a, as the person that negotiated well and got the price early. Right. Or it could go against you, right? Maybe it's a gigantic crop, and there's tons of it, and so there's lots of suppliers, and the price declines. And as a result, you negotiated a price that was too high. Well, you know, you're doing this in advance. They do this with oil as well. Okay. They have 
contracts for future delivery of oil. And the contracts that are coming due here, in they, they expire in May. Yesterday, the price of a May oil contract was negative $37.63. Okay, now hold the phone here. How do you have a negative number? That doesn't even make sense. Like, oh, you're going to pay me to take it off your hands? Is that how it works? That's actually exactly how it works. I actually knew that. I was just playing devil's advocate. Yeah. But no, so I mean, that's so crazy. And and then my second comment the minute David said that to me was, well, nobody's really driving right now. Everybody's been home. And so there's Aha. no Aha. There's no oil being Where's the purchased. soup? Where's the spoon? Right? <laughs> Aha. Why do you turn into this like Because it's even funny. Know it's, it it's from the movie Coming to America. There you go. Come on. Aha. 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 So it's yeah, nobody's driving. Well, I shouldn't say nobody. There are a lot less drivers right now on the road than there has been historically in the past because everybody's trying to exercise. People are sheltered in place. They can't go out. Right. They They're can't trying to they stay consume home. as much. They're trying to stay home. So the, the consumption's way down. So consumption's way down. And here's the crazy part. They're running out of places to put it. Oh, I don't doubt it. No, that's literally why. Why will they pay somebody to take this oil? It has to get delivered somewhere. Right. They have it sitting in ships in the ocean, and they got nowhere to put it. Yeah, and the ships are like, and, uh... and they're still trying to <laughs> pump it out of the ground, and they're running out of places to put it there, too. And there's a problem. Now, I don't know a ton about oil wells, okay? What I understand, though, is if you shut an oil well down, then it's really expensive to start it back up, if you can start it back up at all. True. So... They don't want to stop pumping the oil, but if you've got nowhere for it to go, then what? Yeah, that's and a whole so other problem. This is going to really be damaging to the energy market. So this is like one of the first legitimate ripples that we're seeing yes. due to COVID. And so there's another big industry. You were talking about crops. There's another big industry in our area. There's a wine industry, right? Oh, and I thought you were going to say timber, but go on. No, we'll but talk wine, wine. No, no. In the in wine industry has the same problem. Usually these small wineries only have so much room. So if you notice like an older vintage that all of a sudden is on like super good sale price, it's because they need the space. They need to clearance out some of the older wine to make room for the new wine because they're still in production regardless of sales, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if they sell everything and they have more space, great. They have more space. But usually as you start to sell more, you start to produce more. And production space is at a premium. It's so there totally. are rules on turning things over. And so I could see where the oil industry, I know from working in the wine industry, that sometimes that's an issue. It's like, oh, well, we need to make room. We're now processing this new batch. And in three weeks, we're going to have to use this much floor space. So let's try to sell out this much wine. And all of a sudden, so wineries start having stuff on sale. That's why. But that's also why we've seen oil prices go down because they're trying to encourage. Well, there, there's so we'll talk about another one. Okay. Timber industry. Now, okay. I don't have this firsthand, but I understand this was reported recently that we're we're looking at shuttering certain and uh, shuttering. We're, we're going to stop harvesting timber because, wow. well, we're, I mean, we have to we have to cut back on the trees coming out of the woods because they got nowhere to put them. Nobody's buying the lumber. So you, you send them to the mill, you process it. And then if the mill has nowhere to take it, then it's got to get stored, too. And then storage becomes an issue. And you don't want to have logs down and not being processed because there is a, a decay There's process. There's and all sorts of other stuff yeah. that kind of happens And, and again, not my expertise. Like, I'll just let me come right out and say not right. my expertise about right. this. But I know enough to be dangerous. And I know right. that this isn't good. 
right? You can't just let things sit and rot. And so what you end up doing is you lay people off and then they get into the unemployment cycle. And then it's the cost of spooling back up is higher. But also what what's really going on is something very, very important. And it's a sec. I call these second order effects. Like the first order effect when something happens is like, what happens to you? But what happens to the parties that are indirectly connected to you is second order or third order effect. You know, uh, pin action is the uh, the term that I used in you a video. Have. You've used that a little bit lately. Right. Pin action. So pin action, it's a bowling analogy. You know, when you hit, when a bowling ball goes blasting through the pins, they scatter everywhere. And the scattering of the pins is what hits other pins. Right. Right. And it, yep. Yeah. And so it's the second order effects that we're concerned about. That's what's going on now. And, and when the market was going up right away, it went down. And on May 23rd, it hit, hit the bottom of the price, uh, the low on point May of the markets. 23rd. March 23rd. Oh, you, you haven't gotten May. May. Oh, sorry. March sorry, 23rd. Sorry, I was like, that's why I was like, May 23rd. I meant March. Okay. I call it the M month, right? Sorry. That already happened. <laughs> May is coming up. March 23rd, the market bottoms and then proceeds to rally like 30% for the major indexes. And then the last couple of days have been down, and today was down a little over 3%. So about 100 points off of uh, the high, or a little more than 100 points now since uh, from two days ago on the, this market rally. The question is, is the market getting it right? I feel like it's just guessing. I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's that's a loaded question, and we won't know that until it's past. I think the market is guessing is the the point that I and so sure is the answer. Did the market get it right? Well, kind it, of. This is one of those where you go, well, yes. If the market always knows the price, it's totally right. It's just that tomorrow it may change its mind. <laughs> so did fickle. it get it right? Oh, Way stop it already. Fickle. Yeah, the, the point, though, is the markets seem to be reacting to the idea that the economy is going to just kind of spool right back up and everything's going to be okay. And what we're starting to see now is even though there's unprecedented amounts of money being poured into the economy, and I do mean unprecedented, 2008 is starting to look like patty cake. Uh, yeah. Right? When you start to see how much money is getting dumped into the economy because we just had yet another bill of, I mean I think uh, what was it so oh, it was like a few another billion. 400 and something billion right. it sounds like is is uh, the the, just the PPP 2.0 you know they well we didn't get a, we didn't get enough money in the first stimulus so what are we going to do we're going to double down and do more um, what do you what do you think is going to happen right I mean if we we're going to throw money into the system but it's going to be there's there's some hangups. We talk about some hangups because I don't know how many people care about what the PPP is, right? Can you explain? I mean, it just sounds like a really bad acronym. So, so I can, but let's do this. Let's take a break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about you know what's going on. Like, what's the stimulus supposed to do, and do we think it's going to work? Right. Okay. So that and more when we come right back. This is David Littlejohn, I'm Katie Shook, and you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. Like America, Coastal has always been about ideas, both big and small. Now, when we wake up each day, we're facing the idea.
This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. All right, gang, welcome back to The True Wealth Radio Show. All right, David's doing voices today. He's, he's, uh, we got Tuesday day today. He's, he's been cooped up a little too long. Yeah, you haven't had Friday Dave in a while. I haven't. I miss him. So you can tell David's had a long week and he's done a lot of talking because he's kind of giddy like on Friday. And and I would say you get it's to me. It's always like when your kids are up way too late or if you're up way, as an adult, if you're up way too late, and you know, it's past your bedtime and you start getting kind of loopy and st- like you start laughing at things that aren't really that funny, but they're hysterical to you at that moment. Hmm. Have you ever been that way? No, sure, of course I have. <laughs> Duh. Um, so you can tell David's been um, not on a warpath in a bad way, but like just gotten a lot accomplished that week, and like has checked a lot of boxes because I think he's just kind of mentally exhausted sometimes by Fridays, and and then he gets kind of giddy. No, and he just fri- so what happens is Friday <laughs> the market closes at one o'clock, and it's like when you get to the top of a hill and you get over the top of the hill when you start cruising down the other side ah. and you pick up speed and you're like woohoo yeah that's, that's totally how that's you are. <laughs> where i am i'm like all right we get a little breather here that's good so that's that's it's, what friday, friday day, is day. friday about. dave is ready to party he's ready for the weekend i can't help it though i will i'm gonna admit i've been wearing jeans to work yeah well i know i have been wearing jeans to work because i can't get away with it well, I've been wearing jeans to work to remind me that they still need to fit because ah. the COVID-20 is a real thing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my you know, goodness. It's, it's back to freshman year in college. Everybody's just eating everything out of the refrigerator and not watching it. And let me tell you, at, uh, at 40, you cannot eat everything that you want and True. not pay for it. So I've been wearing my jeans to make sure that they still <laughs> it's fit. It's like a spot check. Like, okay, we still good. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. We have a salad oh, for lunch. Those are a little tight. Time salad for lunch. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Someone said, stop wearing your pajamas. Go put on your bathing suit. And like, I mean, if you're working from home and sit in your bathing suit for a while, that's the gut check right there. I'm like, oh, oh my goodness. that's This harsh. one, I get to occasionally give uh, shout outs and compliments. And this one is one I'm going to give a compliment to my wife who has been really using this time she's been working out and she's also been you know she's a teacher a music teacher so she's been putting together remote lessons Uh, a lot of you all know if you if you don't know this we have a youtube channel like we video stuff and we put it out there so we've got software to deal with it and all that and so I've been helping my wife learn a little bit about how to, and now she's taking over, right? She, she's figuring out how to do all the video making on her own. And so she's making videos for her students and she's been working with our girls. And I'm really proud of her because she just sort of said, all right, well, you, you know, we've got to change here. And the expression, some of you will immediately know this. And some of you like Katie, will, this is a check on your, uh, how much reading you've been doing. Somebody moved her cheese. Ah, and so she has thing. don't move my cheese she and she just uh, has said okay well I better go find the new cheese right and that's that it's it's an analogy it's a it's actually a cute little story it's a business book but sometimes the the, the goalpost gets moved it's not in, you're not in charge of it and when the goalpost right. gets moved you can either choose to show find the new goalpost or you can go looking for the old goalpost and sort of be, be miserable right. And so I'm, I'm really pleased that she's been able to do that. So the COVID-20, yikes, for sure, real deal. It's it's a legit thing, you know. Yeah, so yeah. it's, it's yeah, I've been, I've noticed I've worn my jeans this week, too. 
only just well, well i wear them because i just don't want to I'm 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 going a little more casual. For me, like jeans and a polo shirt's normal. I would just mill around that's, in that. That's Roseburg biz. Well, it, but for me, it's because I don't want to wear my dress locks at home with dogs running around me and kids running around me, and I'm worried right. that I'm going to ruin my good work clothes <laughs> at home around the disaster I, that is my life at the moment. So I will admit to missing the workplace. Like, like yeah. the now, so I still have been going into the office. I'm, we're allowed to do so, and so I function from there because we have all of the tools and resources. But we're fully capable. Like you, working I'm from working home. I'm working from home, and it's right? and it's it's a choice. David is flat out said, if you want to come work in the office, you are welcome to. It, right now, it is a choice because kids need homeschooling and other things, and so I'm trying to double duty hat. You know, wearing yeah, lots of and, hats and on doing one a good head. job of it. Frankly, thank you. Thank you. I try. So uh, the team is responding. I keep I keep emphasizing that because not every business is created the same, right? You know, no. you can't work from home as a waitress. No, like, like that's impossible. Or as that, a mill worker. Yeah, I mean there there are things where well, but you can as a financial professional. Right, and actually yeah. we have had to we had to have a disaster plan in place way prior to this. Oh ever yeah, this, so I mean this is part of this was the actually SEC actually like kind of requires it. Yeah, this wasn't that big a deal for us. The big deal is like the market's tanking, right? Yeah. Which I should probably use this to get back to our the question. Yeah, right? the COVID we're question. About the PPP. The PPP, and so here's what is going on with, with this concept of demand destruction. Okay. Now, demand destruction is an economic term that says what what determines the price of anything really. I have a fun video on this if you want to go watch it on YouTube about supply and demand. Okay. okay. Isn't this like econo- high school economics right here? Well, supply yeah. So, so we have a whole series we started doing called this, The Stuff About Money They Don't Teach in School. And it was really geared toward junior high and high school kids. So but anybody can watch it. You're funny. You say that. I would say that it's, it's still geared towards adults, but it's explained at a high school level. Okay. Because I feel like these are still sophisticated concepts. Well, they but are. But they're explained in everyday terms to where a high school student, even a junior high possibly, could understand it. Right? High school like for sure. High so, school for sure. So saying it's high school curriculum, I think, is shorting yourself because I think it's knowledge that a lot of adults really value learning. Well, but the, it's explained in such a way that makes sense. Like it's not using maybe that's what it is. Like words. it's grown up concepts explained to a high school kid and. The reality is high school kids are young adults. Right. And, so, you know, today I talked about taxes, right? How do capital gains work compared to income taxes? And explaining what a progressive tax code looks like, you know, there are a lot of people that kind of scratch their head and they don't like they don't know things like that. The tax code is only you only play the highest tax rate on the most recent dollars you put in. The previous dollars are taxed at the lower tiers. Right. right. So you have a blended tax rate. But a lot of people think we have a retroactive tax rate. If I make too much money, all of my money gets taxed at the higher rate. Right. Like it's a goalpost or something. Yes. Or a it's line a, that you cross. It's a misunderstanding of the system. And so I kind of diagram that and then explain the difference between short and long term capital gains and why they're preferable. By the way, that that alone, that little snippet, short-term and long-term capital gains, is something that's so important, and yet, again, not really explained oh, to totally adults. totally missed. And I I can't tell you the number of naive people like on social media posting a stupid meme about, we need to tax this, that, or the other, and go, you don't get how taxes work. you know. And, and it's not that they are stupid, but they are uninformed. I mean, there are uninformed people that will do, that will do or say dumb things. Right. Uh, and like that, don't make any mistake about it. I mean, if you are out there saying like, well, that's mean to say. It's like, I don't care if it's mean. Some people say dumb stuff because they're wrong. 
Just just own it. I don't know everything, but I could tell you some people get it flat wrong. Right. So sorry. I digress. The idea of demand destruction is this economic term because supply and demand. Okay. And demand destruction is really important because right now we're seeing like why why can't we sell oil? Why did oil go negative? There's no demand. There's no demand, yeah. Right? And so, so if there's no demand attract- and they have to put it somewhere, they're going to go like, we'll create the demand. The market the market created the demand. We'll pay you to take it. Somebody somewhere is going to be like, I was sitting there going, look, you know, park a couple of oil trucks in my front yard. If you're going to pay me, I mean, how many how many barrels are in there? 37 bucks a barrel? That is one thing that I'm like, that is like the one thing you can't stock up on realistically as a consumer and it kills me like when it's below two dollars a gallon i'm like is there any way i can just buy a bunch of 55 gallon drums and figure out a pump and stick it in my for that reason because it's like it's on sale right like i can Uh, hoard boxes of mac and cheese but i can't figure out how to hoard gasoline in my yard safely it's a wild thing uh, and this uh, even more wild is that you know the the price of gasoline can't get below a threshold in oregon it will never go below a certain threshold why is that because of the taxes. Oh. Right? Gasoline true. could be zero. And you'd still pay, I don't know, 78 cents a gallon or something for it because that's just the taxes. Right. But the reason it's at a negative price right now is because- I'm going to look that up. Here, you stall. Okay. <laughs> but the re- what I was saying is the reason that it's at a negative price is because it has to be attractive for people to want to spend money or get into contracts right now to take more oil than what they actually need, right? Because if, if gas stations are only buying what they need right now and their consumption has gone down, then their orders have gone down. So they're trying to say, hey, you know, I realize it's a little bit more to you, but, and where do gas stations, like if a gas station puts in a contract for more gas and nobody's using it, like where are they gonna store it? Yeah. Like, do they have extra tanks? I mean, are their tanks never full? Is it one of those like, hey, this week we're gonna fill it to the brim cause we can and it's free, I, I mean, you know, like I, I realize on budgets, like every business kind of runs and operates on a budget, right? Like you have your money coming in and your money going out. And and I know, man, it's I, I've told you a couple of times, it seems like my food budget has doubled because everybody's eating at home now, right? Well, it's, Cafe it, it's, it's shifted, right? It, I mean, definitely has shifted. You know, you're paying less in fuel, but you're paying more in food. food. Right. You're paying less to restaurants, probably. But I don't know. That, that consumption's gone up this week. Let me tell you, mom's yeah. getting really tired of cooking three times a day. And by the way, how about say- dishes? Right. Uh, that's oh. my thing. It's like, how much, how come we haven't seen the price of dish detergent skyrocket? That seems like one that should be up. Or paper plates, right? Pa- the the mills uh, should be busy just in genius, paper products. Right? Oh there's my the gosh. I'm All right, telling you. Just so you know, price of, uh, so between 54 and 59 cents a gallon, it looks like, is the typical tax rate between federal, state, and local taxes for most of Oregon, just on that, the gas tax there. So you're not going to see it below 50 cents a gallon because there's just embedded taxes. So think about that, though. These places oh for a dollar a gallon or under a dollar a gallon, some places in the country now that we're hearing about. That means that they're they're paying like twenty to thirty five cents a gallon, and is the price of the fuel plus the taxes. That's it's so pretty incredible. See, well, and like you talked about contracts, right? The fuel that they're selling now is fuel that they already purchased. Yes. So you know, as you start to see prices go down, like there's more less money coming in to buy new products. So the price that the gas is on sale now has to match what they need to buy the next barrel of oil. To a degree, yeah, yeah. So.
Okay, so now back to what is the government doing about this to fix it? Right. You know, is, is the market properly priced? I, you know, I don't know. My my opinion on this one, not investment advice, but my opinion is that the market is overvalued. And part of the reason, or I should say the indexes are overvalued. And part of the reason, I think, is because a lot of these indexes are really biased to the super giant mega blue cap, blue chip rather, stocks. So the the, the very best, yeah. Well, the biggest stock, the biggest companies out there, are the ones that have the the most regulatory moat, is what we say. And you know, sure. Amazon's still doing business. In fact, they're doing more business because everybody has to. They're people are forced to use them in a sense to to get goods and services. Well, mostly goods that they need. So if if that's the case, then those represent larger portions of the indexes than the small companies. The small companies are struggling and the big companies are doing well. It makes it look like everybody's doing well. When they're not. Because the small companies are in the shadow of the big companies. Right. So when you talk about the S&P 500 and you talk about the 500 largest stocks. 500 stocks and like 12 of them make up, I don't know, 20, 25% of the, the total yeah, thing so by itself. It's not every every company isn't worth 1 500th. It's Correct. like it's they're all proportionate the, yeah, based it's, on think the about value. It's like, it's like if if the S&P 500 was the United States, some companies are Rhode Island and some are Texas or, right. or Alaska. You know, right. they take huge geographic areas, comparatively speaking. So you get a lot heavier weighting or like the Electoral College. Right. Some of them get way more vote than the others. So, um, you know, the S&P 500 is not the Senate. It is the House. Oh, there you go. How nerdy, right? Okay, so now the the PPP. I promise we're going to talk about it. Golly, we're we are wandering today. We never do that on this show. Ever. So here's what happened, and most of you out there probably aren't applying for the PPP loan. It stands for the Payroll Protection Program. Isn't it closed? I heard it was closed. Well, no, that's oh. what the new stimulus thing was. Just the, they two. they just came out and said, hey, uh, the Senate approves another five hundred billion. And now it's going to the House to try to get that approved as well for additional funds, more funds, because they did cap it, right? They ran out of money in a sense. So many people ran to apply for it that they actually used all the money that was allocated. And then there were people still in line. Yeah. So, so they said, we feel bad for the people still yeah. in line. So what? what is it? You know, so maybe I should ask you, what do you think it is, Katie? The payroll protection plan? Yeah. It's to help... Uh, like so if a company brings in less income then it's harder to keep people on payroll so it's to help cover the payroll costs to help keep people employed because as you pointed out it's easier to kind of keep them in than try to take them out of the workforce and then put them back into the workforce like yeah. it's harder to stop and gear back up than it um, is to kind yeah. of patch it over I, yes but that's a complicated explanation Sorry. I, I, <laughs> I I I'm afraid of complicated some days um, right. See, wim, women <laughs> women are more complicated than us simple men. Right. Uh, that's true. OK. So it's a loan. It's a loan okay. to help protect payroll. Well, it's named Ish. under that. But what it is, is it's a loan. And the amount that is loaned to you is based on your payroll. Oh. OK. So if you have payroll and what they did was they said, well, take two and a half times your monthly payroll. Right. Okay. So if you have monthly payroll and let's say you've got a business and you've got a dozen or so employees and you spend fifty thousand dollars a month on payroll, then they said then your eligible amount would be two and a half times your payroll. So you so could get one hundred twenty five thousand dollar loan. OK. And that loan, I believe, is a payback schedule that's deferred for six months before you have to start paying it back. And it's one percent interest for two years. Wow. 
But if the loan is spent on qualifying expenses, and I'm gen- generic sizing most of this, but these are the basics. That's I'm not. not it is today. <laughs> if if we take so so what you're supposed to do is seventy five percent of the expenditure. Loan needs to go toward payroll. And then 25% could go to other approved things like rent, rent utilities, utilities stuff uh, to keep the lights interest on. on on loans. Okay. Right? And so that's the key though. Some businesses that's fine. They're going to they still have payroll. But what happens if you are I'm going to use a, like a, a medical office. Medical office can no longer do elective surgeries and so they, they go from seeing, let's say they see 500 patients in a month, and now they can only see 100 50. patients. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll just keep the math easy. They go from 500 to 100. So okay. it's 20, 20% of what they were doing before. Okay. They had 10 employees, and they have to lay off five of them because they don't have the work, and they don't have the revenue because now nobody's coming in to see them. Right. So you know, 80% of their caseload is gone, so they're not earning any money. Right. How do you... You know, so where does the payroll go? I'm el- you know, as the as the business, we could get a loan for two and a half times payroll, but our payroll's been cut in half. So where do I spend it? Because the rule is you have to spend it in the next eight weeks on those qualifying expenses from the day that you get the money. So once your loan funds, then you spend the money, and if you don't, then you have to pay it back because it's a loan, no longer. But if you do spend it on that then they forgive the loan and it becomes a grant. So do you keep people on payroll that are not working? That's kind of the question. I think that is the idea. They're saying, well, why don't we, if they're going to run onto the unemployment system, why don't we just tell you to keep them employed and we'll just pay you to keep them employed rather than have them run to unemployment? Is that more cost effective? I don't know. That would kind of be my question. Well, so that's the basics. Now, there's actually a whole bunch more to it than that. But frankly, I don't know that our listeners care. (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean, you. I don't know if you guys are out there like, tell me more about how this works. Or if you're kind of going, well, that sounds like a business owner problem and not my problem. Right. And some of you are business owners and you're kind of out there going, oh. eh, I'm curious. And so here's what I'll tell you. Uh, see me after class. Right. I mean, give us give us a call and we can we kind of. You know, help you if you're concerned, you know, confused about how it works. We're not bankers. We don't administer the program. Right. Right. But if you're trying to get a sense of how it works, you can call us at 541 375 0898. Okay. And so there you go. Uh, and what we'll do, we're running long here. We got to take a break. So we'll grab the break and then we'll come back and we're not, we don't need to talk about PPP anymore. We need to talk about great. So now that we're throwing all this money into the market, we've had demand destruction. Can we buy demand or not? Ooh. I know. So that's that's what we'll talk about. Can we buy demand? That and more when we come back. This is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. You got True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. Hey, gang. Welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show, where we talk about 
whatever Lots we of want. Things. Yeah, <laughs> whatever Lots of we things. want. Well, and right now it's about payroll protection, the PPP, and it's about coronavirus, and it's about ripples in. I'm our not system. even talking about the virus today. Just you know, I could talk about all well, the other effects, but I've, I've, I, I think that's the first time. I don't think I've said anything about it. Mm. You go back and listen. I don't know that I've even said the words. I think I might have said virus, but I haven't used anything else. I'm just kind of going, it's the, the craziness of the day. Because I'm over talking about it because I don't know. I, we're going to look back and we'll have learned, right? We'll learn a lot about this. But one of the things that I have certainly learned is that, you know, not everybody agrees on the response. That's for doggone sure. Not everybody bought into it. But now we're at some point you just kind of got to go. There's costs everywhere. Everything is a trade-off. There is no perfect safety in the world. That doesn't make me heartless. That makes me very realistic. Right. Right? Let's shut down the entire world to save everybody. Impossible. Because by shutting the world down, you actually harmed some people. And when I say harmed, I mean some people didn't make it because we shut it down. No, right? that's true. There were other cause and effect events where we picked winners and losers. Right. Right. And so the life is harsh and not fun in that respect because not ev- not everybody gets good luck. Life is not always it's not fair. The the funniest thing when you're talking about fair, you know, is is you have all the celebrities holed up in their massive mega mansions, you know, in Southern California and, and everybody's like, I'm sorry, I'm not holed up in a six thousand square foot chateau or whatever it is, you know, twenty thousand square foot chateau. I'm holed up in my like little apartment or my little house, and it's like it's not the same. It's you know? it is not the same, and not only that, but uh, I haven't seen all the statistics yet. But uh, statistics will play out that the mental health impact of increased unemployment and isolation will be very high, and with mental health factors comes ultimately life and death events. Right. So, isn't this Domestic Violence Awareness Month too? By the way, I don't know. I think it is, and I know but, that but I, they've said like child a, abuse is up, domestic violence is it's up. It's about to become suicide, suicide awareness. That's a, that's a real concern for it me is. right now. Is it that is. that that is that is real, and nobody wants to talk about that stuff because they're just we got to flatten the curve, we got to do whatever it takes, and go. Just remember, whatever it takes is picking winners and losers. Yeah. And again. I am I'm not heartless for saying this and if you accuse me of saying that I am trying to pick you know that I'm I'm suggesting that you know I want people to die no. you're wrong I mean you're just flat wrong and you're mean like that's what you are you're mean spirited and you're trying and you're angling toward an agenda that you're after nobody wants that unless they're sick people nobody's trying to pick people off right. unless they're sick bad people so that's not it okay I am a realistic person about the fact that you know there is there's no such thing as a, a zero casualty war. No, there's always ripples, and that's kind of what we've been talking about today. How this virus has rippled through our market, how it's ripped through mm-hmm. the government. Like there's all these little ripples, right? And I mean, it, it, just like you skip a stone across a pond, you get the big first ripple, but there's all these other little ones that kind of go with it too. And we, and then the waves overlap each other. They do, right? and, and we are starting to waves. see that first wave of what's happening. I mean, oil went negative. For the right. first time in maybe ever. ever, but if you think about why, uh, as I'm getting a a couple of texts from friends of mine too, keep in mind who's the biggest consumer of oil in the country. Who's the biggest consumer? What of is oil? the biggest consumer of oil? I'm Airplanes. A... Oh, yeah. If we don't fly airplanes, we don't burn the fuel, and so where's it going to go? If you, if they're not in the sky, that's the number one user of oil. 
Oh, that's so funny. I would have thought it would be vehicles. No, no. I mean, but that's true because airplanes take so much fuel oh to get I mean, off like the ground. I mean, thousands and thousands of gallons of fuel. I mean, maybe in aggregate, if you add up all of the vehicles running, but they measure airline use in in passenger seat miles because they don't even measure fuel by gallons with airplanes. It's by pounds. You know, we 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 took on eighteen eighteen thousand pounds of fuel. I would not want the gas receipt for filling up. Could I have a leaded, please? Could you top her off? You know, I can tell you. Oh my goodness! I have, you know, I have a silly interest in aviation. And if you look at a typical turbine engine aircraft, okay, so not a not a piston engine like most of your cars, but a turbine or more, but a single engine turbine aircraft. You're typically talking about fuel burns of 40 to 50 gallons per hour. Wow. Okay. They measure in gallons per hour. Now, those things fly 200 plus miles an hour. And, you know, you're often taking, capable of taking seven to 10 people somewhere when you do it. But if you took seven people for one hour and went 200 miles, okay, you burned 50 gallons of fuel. At whatever at, price at, 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 Even if it's at $2 a gallon, it's $100 of fuel, okay? But that's a lot of fuel, <laughs> right? A barrel is 55 gallons, is it a 55-gallon drum, oh right? Oh, gosh, yeah. So that's a barrel of oil. So it's like you burned a barrel of oil in an hour. You don't do that in your car. No, you, you go don't. 100 miles in your car. Oh, and, and they you make them five so or six gallons. Fuel efficient now, <laughs> right? Like I mean, and and yeah. So you're right. You actually, you're absolutely right. And if you think about airplanes, I mean, the average airport has a plane what arriving and taking off every six minutes. Yeah, I, I mean, mean they're so, well. The, usually now it's like I don't know, maybe once every 30 minutes. I mean, like <laughs> they're they're just not flying as much because nobody's flying anywhere. Right. And and that's the part that. If, if you talk about what's broken in the economy, the government can throw all kinds of money at this, but we've now altered behaviors, right? Consumer behaviors are going to be materially altered and possibly permanently altered in some respects. True. Because we're, we're retuning to do things at a distance. Uh, you know, the question is, for our business, what kind of office space do we need when we now know that we can do with very little space because everybody can work distributed? That's true. You know, this will affect the rental market for how businesses operate. This will affect technology and, and you know, the PC market. This will affect the... Well, and the one that concerns uh, me the most, oddly enough, is travel. Because there's so many places. You talked about Ashland, right? Like, they canceled the Shakespeare's Festival this year. Yeah. Like, Ashland itself as a community, as a whole, right? Hotels, restaurants shops whatever it may be it's that whole very tourist related yeah is so very tourist based and it's gonna it's gonna suffer it's gonna suffer mightily and because it, it, and know, that's here locally in oregon i mean we're not talking about hawaii or mexico right. or the caribbean well you know my family's looking at uh, we we already had uh a, a travel event scheduled in june that may or may not happen because it's new york Right. Right. And so who knows what's going to happen there. Right. Uh, it's the end of June. I think the odds are pretty good that it'll still work out. But, but you know, it's still on the calendar for now until it isn't. And then we're talking about plans in August. But who knows what will happen there? They're talking about canceling the 4th of July fireworks in Washington, D.C. right now. I heard that on the radio. It made me sad. Well, I, I'm just telling you that what happens is there's a logistics chain in business and we've affected the logistics chain and that's what's really hard to measure so when i saw the economy rebounding like it was or the, i'm sorry the stock market rebounding let's be clear about one thing right stock market is not the economy no 
Okay, the stock market's not the economy, but it appeared to me the stock market is very much out of sync with the economy. Agreed. Uh, Now, there will be winners and losers in the stock market. Some companies will thrive in this environment. They will gain market share and they will do well. Others will not. Others may fold. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't help but look at... Uh, you know the the surprise of well others are they're not even providing earnings guidance anymore. I haven't seen the details, but on my drive in, I was listening to CNBC and I was listening to Chipotle. Apparently, did well, and so the stock was up because they're doing all this delivery and their good food and rah rah rah. But I look at this, I go, they still can't be doing as well as if their restaurants were open and people could walk in. Actually, they might be because if other options, if other dine in options are closed. And not offering delivery, and they are, they could actually be up. Well, then maybe, then if that's the case, then they get their business cannibalized when things change. So, True. So there, there will be winners and losers in all of this. But but that's that's not the point. The point is that the, the logistics chain has been so materially impacted that it's hard for us to really gauge where this economy is going yet. Right. Uh, so we know they're going to throw a ton of money at it. And you know what else we know? We got to take a break. We got to take our last break. That's it. So we'll grab our last break. And then when we come back, we'll, you know, Katie, we'll think of something, won't we? (laughs) I don't know. Stick around, guys. It's the True Well Show. And we got just a few minutes left. We'll find some wisdom. You'll see. Stick around. This is David Littlejohn. Katie Show. And you got True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. That's the one. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. That's probably easier that way, just so you know. I know. Her, the good news is Katie's kids are not that picky when it comes to food. So, hey, <laughs> we're talking about the trial. The, you know, the phrase is you get what you get and you don't throw <laughs> yes, up. Right? If I love you are it. hungry and do not want to eat, that is fine. You Mom don't. will totally eat your plate <laughs> and then you will have nothing left. Yes. So, Final thoughts here. I think this is actually really relevant. You talk. We were talking a little bit about travel uh, and the impact here. Because here's the thing. I'm going to give a shout out to uh, one of our listeners, a friend of mine, and local farm celebrity, Evan Cruz. Okay. Uh, it sounds like he may be having some tractor time, and so oftentimes he'll he'll tune in on Tuesdays. I know. And I love him. His point, and I think it's so valid. He said, "You know, our economy needs movement." Movement is part of just the transportation of things around is part of our economy. And when you take that activity out, it's a material impact. So you look at things like the air travel, well, travel in general, it's this lack of movement is stagnating many parts of the economy. Right. And so it's breaking things. Well, and it's not just the U.S., it's global. It is global. And and one of the things that's hurting the U.S. even more right now is that the U.S. dollar seems to be stronger than everywhere else, which st- contributes to our trade imbalance. Right. right. So so it's, it's much harder for other countries to buy from us, which is a, a parachute that we have to drag while we're sprinting, right? <laughs> I always say it's an economic parachute. It slows you down when you... Uh, 
from I guess it's, it keeps you from accelerating. I think parachute that's terrible. Parachutes like you jump. I out always of a plane. think of like the drag races, like when you're going really fast yes, in a drag that, car. They they throw out. That's, that's what the top it is. Fuel cars throw out parachutes to help slow them down because the brakes are not enough. Little little known, but back in the day, I was a track athlete, and we used to train with parachutes. So we had this sort of belt that you would put on, like a weight belt that was hooked to a parachute. So you'd really? go sprinting down the track with this parachute behind you. And it was exhausting, let me tell you. But it actually worked to slow you down. So you'd train for your technical form in order to keep your posture right. And it would keep you – it forced you I to align. I would think it would make you stronger and, like, faster oh, when you didn't does. have the parachute attached. It's, 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 but the point is less about track right now than it is the idea that – not not moving it's it's like dragging a parachute behind parts of our economy right so i i'm curious how we will start to unlock things i know this that and this most of our listeners i know our listening area i mean we're we we have a lot of folks that are more conservative on the political spectrum we're in a rural community and we're in a in an area where much of the vote that we have within our state at the state level is sort of invisible, right? There's not enough of us to be a big voting block. So it does have a certain personality here. The problem is one size fits all doesn't. No, you know, not even close. And that's the issue. Uh, this morning I was, was listening to Governor Cuomo in New York talking about the way they're managing the virus. And one of the things that I think he, he pointed out that was appropriate was, look, we we see, tend to want to think of this as a solve that's going to work everywhere and that we need to just do these blanket behaviors and this will work. And it's not accurate. So you know, New York City is very different than upstate New York, which is quite rural. New York City is very different than L.A. Right. But but even, you know, Portland is very different than Roseburg. Right. Heck, Eugene is very different than Roseburg. Right. So uh, the the issue is that areas need to have appropriate responses based on their bandwidth and need. But, you know, right now, the response that we have seems to be overbearing, given our capacity to manage. You know, we, we have a ton of medical capacity is not being fully utilized. So I, you know, my vote is that we we try to figure out what is the most effective way to manage this. And certainly we want people to stay safe and healthy and all that. But we need to consider the pin action yes. in all of this and yes, make we sure do. that we're putting uh, everybody in a position where we we can get back to to making things work and making things function because you know I can we function remote yeah do is we it, like it no I mean Does is it, it good is for it, our mental health how great is it being back in studio <laughs> I love it yeah love to it. me this is just so much you better. never know what you have until it's gone I know if if one thing I will say look the silver lining on all of this I've gotten to spend some really good quality time with my family and for all of our clientele everybody's done a really good job of reassessing their priorities and that to yes. me has been a gift if, if there is a gift it's forced us to to look at what we did have what blessings we had and start to count those a little bit more because the reality is for most of us while it's not great uh, we'll get through this and you'll realize that unlike grapes of wrath you know we're not dealing with dust bowls and starvation the way we certainly could. We still have a lot of functional infrastructure. <laughs> we have Netflix, right? So we're going to make it. You'll see. Sounds good. Anyway, look, uh, we're, we're out of time. We're running long. So here's the thing I want to remind you. We're still up and we're still available to help, uh, especially when it comes to your financial world. Believe it or not, I still think there's a ton of opportunity out there and there's no need to sit on your hands. If you want to 
get help, then give us a shout at 541-375-0898. And I would say if you're home doing nothing, now is the time. If you've it's had time. it on the back burner to take care of those IRAs and roll stuff over and move things yep. around. We got your back. We're we happy it. to help. But we're out of time for now. Check out the podcast, littlejohnfs.com. Until next time, this has been David Littlejohn. I'm Katie Shook. And you've been listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240, KQEN. The preceding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.